Hello and welcome to Article 23, the podcast all about making work, work. My name is Lincoln and I've been part of the MWAT team for coming up to a year and I'm delighted to have a new member of the MWAT team on the podcast, Leah Lewis. How are you? I'm so well, Lincoln. How are you? I'm really well. For everyone listening, Leah is an excellent human who we have the pleasure of working with and a people lover and works in the org organisational psychology space and has a wealth of experience in that area. Leah, we're going to jump in with a question we ask to get to know people on this podcast, which is, what are three things that really make you tick? I love that. And I, I think um, you've done a great intro into the first one, Lincoln. And the first one is definitely people and just helping people, understanding people. I remember actually being in kindergarten and, you know, when your teacher says, you know, what would it be when you grow up? And I said, a nurse. And I have a, a, a memory of drawing a picture of a, of a nurse in an outfit, the white dress and a little hat. And even from a very young age, I knew I wanted to help people. And then you fast forward into high school and I'm sitting in the playground with my group of girlfriends. And I remember thinking, why is she saying that? And why is she responding in that way? And why is that group not talking to that group? And just actually having this fascination of, of why and understanding what makes people tick, why people do things they do, what motivates people, and just having a deep desire to get beneath that a little bit more, which is probably why I went on to study psychology and uh, did my four years undergrad at New South and then made the decision to go into organisational because I think teams and organisations and culture in teams is so fascinating. And I think individuals are as well. And I'm an executive coach too, and I love working one-on-one. But in my work, I have found that individuals really change and a leader can really change depending on the environment and depending on the culture that they join. And why is that the case? So why is that that a leader will have a personal style and go into a culture and then change that? So organisations and culture are really where I love to spend my time working with amazing teams, watching teams become amazing or helping them to be even better. I'm going to jump in and ask a question because I find that insight around how much an environment shapes us really interesting. Over the past two years, what have you observed now that we've taken a lot of people that work in a kind of corporate business context out Mm. of the physical environment, have Mm. you noticed a shift in culture because people are working from home? It's such an interesting question. Inclusion has always been important and a leader's ability to connect with his or her team and help to make them feel included has always been important, but it's even particularly important now and upping the ante and enabling and equipping leaders with the skills to do that is, I think, it, it's tough. It's tough. And a leader hasn't got an, an easy route in doing that well because connecting with a team who are in the room is hard enough as it is and helping to value difference and welcome different opinions in the table and, you know, really harness diversity has always been tricky. But then doing that online and doing that through a square and a computer and missing out on a whole lot of body language that sits below our chin, it's really, really tough. And so thinking through and working through solutions and ways to do that has been so interesting. You know, I I heard about one team who was like, I want to get to know my, my team a little bit better. And they used photos. And so each of them brought in photographs and they said, Uh, you know, I'd really like to get to know you better. Here's a photo of my family and really brought to life who they were through that photo. 
And so it's been a really interesting journey, I guess, to understand how is the leader connecting to their team in this environment and how are they doing that? How are some leaders doing that really, really well through through the screen and, and through the telephone? So an exercise like with the photo is such a beautiful yes. way to get the conversation yes. started. Yeah. How do you maintain that over months, years? How, yeah. do you, how do you keep it personal? People and leaders particularly have to make a special effort to connect because it's so it's more important than ever now. And thinking through innovative ways to do that. And another example I heard of one team was taking the computer and showing them around the workspace and saying, hey, Lincoln, you know, I'm in the kitchen table and here's the fridge and, you know, here's what I have on my fridge and getting to know people like that. And I think, I hope that that extra effort and those really awesome and different innovative ideas continue because it's a great opportunity to really get to know someone by introducing them into your home, which you wouldn't usually see, uh, and into your workspace. I think one thing the pandemic has done is highlighted that not everybody's experience is the same and everybody's work experience and inside their house and inside where they're working is quite unique. And that's a great way to understand a person, but also to find commonalities in a team. And it just, it's an opportunity we wouldn't have usually had. So back to your question, I hope that continues. It opens possibilities to different ways of connecting. Mm, It's more possible to be connected if we use it the right way. And I'm really interested in how that translates as we, to differing degrees, move back into a shared physical space. Yeah, and it's going to be a hybrid, right? It's going to be blended. So I think there's always going to be remote working and some people or some organisations will have a preference for working at home and that's fine. You'll always have global teams. You're sitting in Canberra, I'm sitting in Sydney. And so it's how we continue to connect with the people that we're sitting next to whilst at the same time helping those that may be remote also feel that same level of connection as well. And just keeping an eye out for the fact that difference is normal and we are going to have to get used to different ways of working going forward and how, how we kind of, you know, bring that all together in a simple way that helps everyone to have the same inclusive, connected experience. This first point of what makes you tick is obviously <laughs> huge for you. You can hear it and it makes so much sense with the work that you're doing here at MOI as well. This is something that is fundamental to who you are. And we could talk about that for ages. I'm curious though, what else makes you tick? So you, you've absolutely hit the nail on the head there, Lincoln, and learning, like learning about this stuff. There's so much information and training programs and stuff out there for leaders that it doesn't work. It's not evidence-based. It's an opinion. Um, it's a view. And something I'm particularly passionate about is making sure that everything that we are giving to clients, that we're giving to leaders, to to teams, is backed by science and is evidence-based and is incorporating this amazing work that's being done by our scientists in the universities. And certainly the the culture dashboard that Moi has developed is based on research and evidence. And you can see that, you can feel that, and that's why I think it's already making a difference. But I guess that kind of desire for integrity and learning and knowing that what you're producing is is solid and science-backed is, is really, really important to me. I love teaching. I also teach at um, the AGSM and I have um, students that I supervise uh, that are studying to be psychologists. So I guess what is coming out of us is like a growth mindset to learn, to change, to grow, just to not stay the same, to evolve, to make sure that we're 
you know, moving with what is happening in the world and expanding our knowledge and learning from others and being open to differing views is so, so, so important to me. So that will be number two. Hmm. So what's something that you've learned beyond work over the past couple of years? Is there something you've learned or a curiosity that's grown and you've gone, oh, wow, I had no idea about that or something where you've gone, I had no idea that that existed or I hadn't thought about something like that before or it could be something really simple. Is there something you've yeah. learned? Yeah, yeah. And, and that would probably take me to the third thing that makes me tick and that's diversity and inclusion. I mean, on a personal note, I was born in Bogota in Colombia and I came over to Australia when I was six weeks old and I appreciate the fact that and the privilege that I am in this amazing first world country and that I have the opportunity and privileges that I do. And I think that difference is fundamental to who I am and also my, and it drives my passion for diversity and, and inclusion. Uh, Cause I'm often asked the question, so where do you come from? And it's, it's a perfectly simple question. And I, it's not that it bothers me, but it kind of jolts me because I fundamentally feel like I'm Australian. And I don't question that. I feel like I belong in this country and I have a great family and, and circle of friends. And so when the question comes, where do you, you know, where do you come from? It highlights to me the fact that we need to do a bit of work in Australia and maybe even globally on understanding difference and helping people to feel more comfortable talking about difference, valuing difference, talking to difference in a way that people feel comfortable and understand is super, super important because Australia has so much diversity and we are so blessed to have all of the elements of diversity with, with you know, culture, LGBTI, age, gender, our first people, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders. What a rich opportunity to really get under the skin of that and understand how we best utilise diversity and the difference that we have in our culture to bring out the best in everything that we do. So diversity and inclusion are definitely in there as well. And you connected that to learning. So what is it within the diversity and inclusion space that you felt that you've learned or discovered recently? You know, often when we're talking about difference, whether it's the colour of your skin, I have brown skin, or I have a diverse ethnic background, it's helping leaders, you know, to feel or to equip leaders with the skills to have that conversation comfortably. So when you're looking at inclusion in the workplace, for example, when you ask, sometimes when you ask leaders whether they're inclusive, they say, oh, yes, I allow my team to, you know, go and um, have the time that they need, which obviously has an element of power to it. But, you know, really equipping them with the skill to say, well, what does welcoming someone or including diverse views or appreciating that somebody else may have a different view than you and that's okay? What does that really look like? And how do we really equip you with the skills and confidence to have that conversation well? So the other person across the table, you know, feels included and valued. It definitely feels like a conversation that's both been heightened and evolving rapidly over the past yes. few years. I feel yep. like I've been learning a lot about where that line is moving and how we need to all together keep up with a growing awareness, shifts in language, Yes. And the nuance of that space, I feel like the learning within that is so rich and it's something mm. that never ends. You're absolutely spot on and I think it continues to evolve and I think there are things that have happened, you know, the Black Lives Matter campaign and Me Too that have really brought to life the 
importance of diversity and understanding difference, valuing difference. And I hope that that continues to evolve. And I hope that there continues to be a thirst for understanding where you come from, Lincoln, and what your cultural background is and encouraging you to discuss that in a way that isn't jolting or isn't, you know, confronting or that we can really celebrate that. And we have a lot of work to do. No one's perfect. It's complicated, it's sticky, it's messy. But I think our job as people, as humans, as HR professionals, as anyone that works with people is to kind of demystify and simplify that and do it in a way that is, is, is easy and relatable and understandable. And that goes beyond that question of, where do you come from? Which yes. is a bit of a dead end question. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like on the surface, a curious question, but underneath it, it is jarring. And I, I've heard that so many times. And it's a question as a, as a white guy that I've never been asked. And, and yeah. so it's oh, like, so interesting. Hey? Yeah. It, it's from the conversations that I've had with my friends and my colleagues who get asked that question. It's the repetition of the question that often yeah. wears them. It's it's not even bad intent necessarily. It's just like really the same question. Like if someone was asking yes. me every single day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and, you know, and I think it's interesting when you're talking about difference. I've had comments from people that I surprise them when I open my mouth because I don't sound Latina. I don't sound like Sofia Vergara from Modern Family, you know, and I think we all come in with these cognitive shortcuts and these stereotypes about how people will look, how they'll be, the privilege score that they bring. And you just don't know. When you meet someone, you don't know what their experience has been. You don't know where they've been born. You don't know, you don't know anything. And so having an open mind and being inquisitive around that and saying, yes, you have brown skin unless you're Latino, but that doesn't mean really anything about who you are, what your value system is. And I'd love to explore that a bit more and get to get to understand that a bit more. It'd be great to get to that type of question, Lincoln. Mm, absolutely. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Leah, what an absolute treat to speak with you. Thank you for joining us and making time. And thank you so much, Lincoln, for a great conversation. Thank you also to everyone who's listening in. It's a joy to share this podcast with you and we look forward to next time. 